This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You're listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Get the knowledge you need to advance your mortgage practice quickly and efficiently from Jen Duplessis. America's Mortgage Mastery Mentor with over 37 years of experience and over $1 billion in lifetime fundings. Jen has been mentoring loan officers and realtors for over 15 years and speaking on stages across the globe. So settle in and get ready as Jen and her guests share their experience, passion, and strategies to help you crack the top producer code to reach new heights in your business. And now, here's your host, Jen Duplessis mortgage mastery mentor and head chick in charge of kinetic spark consulting so welcome justin to the show hey jen it is great to be here thanks for having me on i'm, I'm really looking forward to spending some time together thank you and what an impressive bio you have you know being called entrepreneur magazine calling you the warren buffett of lifestyle investing i mean that's very very impressive you know, and I want to just dive right into this, you know, is that we have a lot of alignment in what we do. And that's why I wanted you on the show. And, you know, knowing that we have loan officers and real estate agents and investors listening in, this is a challenge, I think, for a lot of people because uh, we run a hundred miles an hour and it's all about the deal, right? No matter which spectrum we're talking about here, it's all about the deal and it's all about quick response, no matter which one it is, right? Got to get back to the realtor fast as a loan officer. The realtor has to get back fast to the clients to write the contract. And the investor has to find that deal of the century every single day. And so our whole lives are just around this total you know, circle of chaos is what I call it. So tell us about lifestyle investing and how that's different from traditional investing and why it's so important for real estate agents and loan officers to start investing and do it in a way that becomes lifestyle right from the very beginning because they just can't dedicate their time to it. Well, that's a fun question. And it really gets to exactly what you talked about, which is most people are so busy and mm -hmm. time is our most precious resource and most people don't have enough of it. I mean, we all have the same amount, but the way people choose to spend it differs. And a lot of people in professions where their income is based on the time they spend or the sales that they do, uh, it's really easy to ramp up that time and overcommit time for the income that they want to make. And so the whole genesis of lifestyle investing was built around this idea of having the lifestyle that we all desire to have and really building the rest of our life around that, including work and income. So instead of trading time for money, instead it's buying assets that produce income and that income covers the cost that it is to live the lifestyle that we have, or at least live the bare minimum, the basics, like whatever it costs to survive. So I mean, that's kind of step one. And then you kind of get into, you know, what does it cost to live your life? But my goal 
years ago was to stop trading time and to stop being a slave, being a slave to a job, or in many cases, you stop your job to start a business, but you become a slave to a business uh, in time. And at first, you, a lot of people, they start their own business for freedom and for lifestyle, (laughs) but then their business owns them. And for people that aren't slave there, maybe it's a slave to security or a slave to the income that they make or the lifestyle that they're accustomed to. Most people just live a life where they have some sort of golden handcuffs or some form of handcuffs to the thing that they do, whether out of security, fear, or familiarity. Yeah. Or even success, right? They're so accustomed to it. You know, I think you bring up a couple of interesting points. You know, I know when I transitioned out of being, you know, a top producing loan officer and, you know, having a lot of money, I was thinking, you know, what are my costs? And I looked at my monthly minimums, right? And I think it was like 18,000. We had to have 18,000 a month. That was like our minimum. And, uh, but I did that based on where I was, not where I was going to be. And I realized, you know, like now I've got four closets filled with clothing, right? And I was always buying at least a thousand dollars worth of clothing every month because, you know, I was speaking and I, you know, and I still am, but I was on stage and I had to have a new dress because now I'm going to that same event and I don't want the same pictures with the same thing and, you know, and all the clothes I needed. And now I just wear leggings at home, right? And I didn't look at that, you know, look at what that bare minimum was where really we didn't need 18,000. I didn't need dry cleaning anymore, right? Because I just didn't have dry cleaning as often. So it really changed. I think that, you know, is something really important for people to understand. And I'm only saying that because it was an experience that I had was I didn't really have the right, I had the right number, but I didn't have the right number for the new deal right for the new deal. And I think that's, you know, super, super important. The other thing that that you're talking about is also rich dad, poor dad, right? It's the left side of the quadrant versus the right side of the quadrant, having more passive income so that we're not trapped. That's why they came up with the game, right? So we're not trapped in that left side of being an employee and being self-employed, which is still a trap. Yeah. It, right. it's a tra- yeah. It's a trap and it also costs you more in taxes, huh. right? So, it, yeah. so oh, you yeah. spend more on taxes yeah. and you're you know, trapped or enslaved. There's no doubt about it. And you know, I think about being on the right side of that quadrant, the business owner, the investor. You know, it's it's funny. At one point in time, I felt like I was a business owner, but truly I had fooled myself because I was (laughs) self-employed because I couldn't remove myself from my business. Right. But I I always felt like it was my business. And it just, the truth of the matter is it was not. And I was self-employed and maybe it was a lot better in terms of being able to work harder or produce more and create a bigger income, but it also created just a a bigger treadmill that I ran on. Yeah. An upgraded deluxe model. Right. Right. Yeah. And I, you know, what's funny. I see that I just was at a retreat for women and one of the women, she and her husband own three subways, two acupuncture places and a Segway tourist, right? And they're self-employed. They are still self-employed. They are so trapped into that business. And, you know, the revelation of working on the right side of that quadrant was like, wow, I, you know, I've never done anything with my money. I've just bought more clothes, more fancy $18,000, $20,000 watches. I started buying things and not a style, a lifestyle, not a style like that, but not a life. I wasn't buying my life. So I want to talk about that transition from self-employed into business, be a business owner, because, and what your perspective is on that to get this lifestyle, because loan officers and real estate agents and investors are tend to play in that S. You know, you may get a W-2 as a loan officer, 
but you still are acting like an S. What's that transition to get up into that quadrant? And I imagine you're probably going to tell me one of your 10 commandments. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it could easily fall into the 10 commandments. I mean, So the thing that it is, is it's a component of time. So is your income derived from time spent? And most people in that S category, even though they have built some infrastructure around them, it still involves them to run. You know, being a true business owner, you don't need to be there. You've got an executive team that can run it. The business performs as well, if not better, whether you're there or you're not there. So a true business owner isn't making money based on time spent. They are making money based on an asset. Yeah. Uh, investors, they're making money based on capital at work, You know, yes. ownership of assets. They're not making it based on their time. There's a little time that goes into doing the due diligence, but that's a finite amount of time. And once that's done, the asset or the investment continues to produce returns. And so the biggest thing, and I speak actually to a lot of loan officers, real estate investors, I've got a lot of friends in this business. And I think it's an incredible business, especially the last couple of years, it's been just you know monumental. But I really strongly encourage them to start buying assets because at a certain point in time, you know, people are willing to work hard and they're willing to put in the extra hours to make the extra income. But at a certain point in time, they're probably not going to want to do that or they are going to have the priority of family where they really should be allocating that time and not kind of grinding out the last dollars. But, you know, the old adage that, you know, when the sun's shining, make hay, right? Yep. And so I think to a certain degree, that's the case. Build up uh, you know, your war chest to then be able to start buying assets that will long produce <laughs> returns, whether you're involved or uninvolved, whether yeah. you're sleeping or vacationing or you know not. And so to me, that really is, it's making a decision to move in that direction and not spend money on liabilities, but rather spend them on assets. Yeah, it's grow your assets, right? That there's no, you know, it's infinite assets is really what it is. And, you know, I mean, this just all resonates with me, you know, with me, obviously, because I brought you on, but I'm hoping that this resonates with everyone because it's something that I preach. I've been preaching for six years on this podcast. You have to have multiple revenue streams, you know, and that's what the whole asset side of it is, is multiple revenue streams. And not just, I got a loan, I closed a loan. I got a deal, I closed a deal. I bought a house, I closed a house, right? Or I flipped a house. Even that is self-employed because it's not long-term. It ends when you end flipping, right? Flipping a home. So the buy and holds are going to be so much better for you. And getting people to understand that when you have this wad of cash that everyone's experiencing right now, to not buy things, right? To really look at that. So what is your suggestion if someone is not in that realm and they haven't been doing that, they've been doing more liabilities or buying the cars and the boats and the the fancy whatever. What are some steps that you're suggesting that people do to start creating the perpetual asset in the rev stream? I think the greatest thing that someone can do is they can really commit to enhancing their education around buying assets and creating good investments. And when I think about that, it stems first from your peer group. Who are you spending most of your time with? Because that's who you're going to think like. That's who you're mm-hmm. going to respond like. And so mm-hmm. it's not bad to you know have friends that are kind of in the, the same stratosphere professionally, personally as you. But I think it's also good to kind of pull in other people that play the game of life and the game of business 
at a higher level to stimulate your thinking and cause you to ask different questions and to make different decisions. For most people, once their mindset shifts, their actions and their disciplines follow in suit. And so I think that that peer group is so important. I also think that having a mentor or a coach who has done the thing that you want to accomplish, that is priceless. And so that is another person that's kind of pulling you up to the next level. These are, you know, I share this because this is what I've done in my own personal life is I have engaged coaches and I have been very intentional about finding a peer group that inspires me and plays the game of business and life at a level that was maybe higher or greater or more purposeful and intentional than what I was doing. And that has made all the difference in the world. So to just yeah. find ways to source and grow grow your education to me is the key. So can you give us some suggestions, ideas on what type of investing? I mean, obviously if I'm a loan officer and I'm a real estate agent, I'm an investor, right? A real estate investor, I'm always going to go right to real estate, real estate and say, okay, that's it. I'm going to invest in real estate, but there are thousands of ways to invest. So could you give us maybe the top five different investment vehicles that you think would be good for someone who's just stepping into this? Sure. And I think this is going to be specific to, it's going to vary based on different people. It's going to be, I think some people are going to have an expertise in a certain area. So they might be more geared towards like you, real estate. That might Mm -hmm. be a great move because you have expertise there. Maybe a lot of people in your network and in your audience have expertise in real estate. I love real estate. I think real estate is a great play. And I like it because most of the real estate that you buy, you can put 20% down and own it and capture Mm -hmm. all the appreciation and all the cash flow. So you use other people's money. So Mm -hmm. that would be one source. I also like the flip side of it, which is the debt side. So if I can be a lender and I can lend to people doing real estate or various other things, but let's just say real estate, I can be put in a first lien position or, you know, kind of the first position if something goes wrong to make sure that I get my money back and I can collateralize against the asset that they're looking to invest in, rehab. And so that's an incredible way to do it. Another way is in operating companies. So I have done many investments in operating companies. And by the way, in my book, I outline all this in the lifestyle investor. And so, you know, the, the subtitle is the 10 commandments of cash flow investing for passive income and financial freedom. And it's my 10 criteria of right. why I invest and what I look for. And so in an operating company, if someone has expertise in a certain industry, it gives them a lot more you know, it lowers the risk, gives them a lot more likelihood of success. But someone that doesn't have expertise there, they may not want to start in that category. Right, right. That's where you want to hire a mentor, you know, who's been down that road or a coach who knows how to take you down that road. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, I mean, those are a few that I absolutely love. I mean, if you're talking like industry specific, I think that the world of e-commerce is really strong right now. I think anything that supports e-commerce like warehouses, industrial distribution centers on the real estate side is huge. I think that cannabis is a booming industry and is just poised to boom even more here in the US. I think cryptocurrencies for the right ones, I think there's a lot of action there. (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's, it's polarizing. And more coming, I know, and more coming on board, you know, definitely more coming on board. You know, I had the wonderful luxury of uh, spending last weekend with Sharon Lecter, who actually wrote Rich Dad, Poor Dad. She's the actual person who wrote it. And we were talking about it and she said, what she's going back into is storage facilities. That is the new thing that she's going back in because 
Uh, people are wanting to downsize, but don't have any place to put their items because they can't find the downsized house. And so, but they're just saying, we got to downsize while, while we can. And so she's going back into storage facilities. So that lends itself to what you were saying with industrial. You know, I just bought a house last week and I'm going to know, you know, be the note holder on it, you know, just do seller financing for the whole thing. And, you know, those are, I think that's where we're at right now in some of those things as well. And of course I have Bitcoin, but I only own 0.0004% of one Bitcoin, right? Very small amount. Uh, a little more risky for me because I'm older. My son's in it because he's younger. Makes sense for him, uh, you know, and he does options trading. So for him, it's nothing. For me, it's a little scary, you know? So I think that's really cool. So what if if someone is listening and they're younger, is there a difference in your 10 commandments, your criteria versus someone who is over 45 or something like that, you know, to really make an impact on this? Or should they just sort of work until they're 80? Well, my goal for anyone is that they can work for as long as they want to work. You know, most people feel like they want to retire because they're not working a schedule that's ideal or, you know, some people that want to get out of their industry or their business, just it's not due to the fact that they don't want to work. I mean, or that they want to work. It's due to the fact that it's not a schedule that works for them. So my goal is to help people create options to work when they want for as long as they want in whatever location that they want. And for someone who doesn't want to work full-time, they might love working 20 hours a week or 10 hours a week. And so my mission is to buy my time back. And that way I don't have to rely on my time spent to earn money to cover my lifestyle. That's already done. And then I can just choose where I want to spend my time. So yeah. if I want to you know, spend it in some investments, or if I want to start this company, or if I want to help consult and advise someone in their business, I mean, these are all things I can do. And I think that when you kind of strip away the whole survival part of life, and you get financially sound in that department, and it just happens automatically. It's just mailbox money. Yep. I think a whole new world opens up and that new world is full of choices and it's full of opportunity. And it really creates a platform for someone to figure out what they're most passionate about and how to live life according to uh, where they feel their purpose really is. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really important. I want to ask you about the movement of money, about 401ks. And because to me, my money never, you know, I don't have anything in 401k anymore. Not at all. But for me, 401k is very stagnant money. It's always, you know, and again, I think that financial advisors, you know, there are many that are great, I'm sure, but most of them are coaches and coaches are people that haven't done what you're doing but they know the game, right? So that's a coach. And so I like to consider myself a mentor for some of my clients and a coach for others where I'm telling them exactly what to do. Mentor because I've been down that road. So I think the problem that I have with with a lot of financial advisors is putting money into 401k and then saying, you've got to keep it there for 20, 30 years. You got to keep it there for 20, 30 years. Uh Uh-uh. I don't have the patience for that type of thing. I want my money to be moving for me and creating itself over and over, you know, duplicating itself after another, having extra capital to do something else rather than having, watching it be capital, right? So what are your thoughts on that? And let's talk about 401k specifically, and sometimes even IRAs, if they're not the right IRA to move the money. So what are your thoughts about movement of money? I think we're in a lot of agreement with 401ks. I think most people don't realize that at some point in time, you're going to owe taxes on those dollars. So 
most people are like, oh yeah, my money's growing and I'm doing great, but you're going to give away a third to a half of it at some point in time. And so that is an important thing to recognize. To me, it's much better to pay taxes today when we are historical lows and then have your money grow tax-free. So using some sort of vehicle that supports that makes more sense. And I think people should be careful because your money is tied up. It's There's yeah. no real utility. So financial advisors, hey, if you have a good one, great. But I mean, the, the newest numbers, I outline this in my book, the newest numbers are that only 5% of financial advisors actually outperform the S&P 500 index. Right. And right. so they're charging a fee that is much higher than if you just went into the index directly. And the odds are really good that they underperform it. So you're paying someone more money to underperform 95% of the time. And then there are other you know, incentives that are, I believe the financial services industry is very misaligned because yeah. people are paid in ways that are not aligned to the investors, to you know people with that are putting money in, that are expecting a certain return over a period of time. And a lot of advisors, not all advisors, I've got great friends that are advisors, but I can tell you there are plenty that put people in high price products where yeah. they make a good kickback. In many instances, the people that are investing your money, they aren't even investing their own money in the same things. Well, they can't because they're not allowed to. <laughs> I was just going to say that too. Yeah. When my son was, uh, you know, had gotten his, uh, you know, degree in, in all of his series, whatever's, he ended up leaving and saying, you know, I can't in my, in right consciousness, you know, I, you know, if a client said to me, you know, where would you put your money? I would say ahead, put it in what I'm telling you, but I can't put it in the same one that I'm telling you. I'm not allowed to do that. I can't double dip. So if I'm going to go to the best one, why don't I just back up and send my own money to the best one and not be, you know, not be an advisor? So I think that's pretty interesting, you know, that happens. But I think, you know, it's the old adage of the mechanic's car doesn't run and the plumbing's plumber's plumbing and the, you know, the carpenter's house is a mess and the financial advisor doesn't have as much money as you do. And the real estate agent doesn't own as many properties as you do. And the loan officer has bad credit. I mean, it just goes on and on, right? And I'm not saying that's for everybody. Please listen. If you're listening, I didn't mean to offend anybody. If you have properties, great. If you have great credit, great. <laughs> right. It's just amazing how that happens. So how do you exponentially grow this? What, you know, other than, you know, I know when I look at the right side, you know, I'm kind of a dabbler. I have a little bit in everything, like a little bit. Oh, I should try that. I should try this. I have a little bit there, a little bit there. What's the secret to manifesting this into, you know, six and seven and eight? Well, let's just say six and seven figure income. How do we manifest that? fast rather than sort of dabbling across all of these things to get our toe into everything. Well, I'd say unless you're, you know, a trader by profession, mm -hmm. you're probably not going to get there in the stock market. I mean, at least not short term. I mean, if you are more of like a buy and hold and you're banking on the US economy long term and you're not going in and out at peaks and valleys in the stock market, I think that you know, that is a better strategy than what most people have. But the problem is there's just a lot of volatility. Yeah. And even, you know, your dividend paying stocks don't really pay that much. Right. So for me, I'd rather be on the private side where you can get really good deals 
And you can get some, you know, big returns that you're just not going to see it in the public equities with way less risk. So the risk to reward profile is much more uh, comfortable and safe than what it looks like in the public equities. And additionally, on that side, if you're in, you know, real estate, you can depreciate it. Or if you're investing in like, you know, a technology company, there's, you know, different deductions that you can get. There's just so many opportunities to earn and then be able to discount the returns that you have and do so legally. So yeah. to me, it yeah. starts there. It starts with finding deals that are off the beaten path that not everyone has access to. In my book, I call them, this is my third commandment, I call them invisible deals. Yeah. What are the yeah. deals that are not on the market? Therefore, there's no competition for them. It's not yeah. being bid up. What are the deals that you can just you know offer someone a price to buy an asset and they're not even thinking about selling it, but you make the right offer to the right person at the right time and you can. Or yeah. just knowing people that have access to a lot of deals and what we call deal flow. So, I mean, these are all great opportunities or so, paying attention to trends that are up and coming. Like what? Yeah. Like what now? What? Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt you. What's coming? What's an upcoming trend right now? Well, I think that blockchain in general is going to mm-hmm. be very foundational. So there are a lot of blockchain potential investments mm-hmm. that are huge. One of the things that I'm involved with is buying retail brands that are bankrupt and scaling them online. So taking advantage of the e-commerce craze, but with a brick and mortar store where you close all brick and mortar locations. Again, I mentioned cannabis, I would say hemp and CBD as well. You know, those industries are just going through the roof. And I think that there's only, you know, room for more and more here in the US with most of the states still having it illegal and it's federally Mm -hmm. illegal. So, I mean, there are countless things. Think about technology and direction that technology is headed and what has happened even during this pandemic with the valuation on these technology companies. They're going through the roof. So just knowing what is coming ahead can really help you out, but you don't have to know it. You can just know people who know it. Yeah. So how do people know people who know it? Well, and that goes back question. to peer group. But, you know, one of the things I'd say is get involved in talk about it with your colleagues and your friends. Yeah. Yeah. yeah talk yeah, about it. Get involved in masterminds and get involved yeah. in think tanks and, you know, find people that are doing the things that you want to do and offer to take them out. Mm-hmm. I made a career. Sharks. Become your own shark. Decade. Yeah. For like a decade, I took someone out to either a coffee, a lunch, or a dinner. Once a week, I pick someone. And by the way, I got plenty of people that said no uh, to this, but (laughs) I just asked enough people that I would always find someone that said yes. And I learned that was a great way for me to learn what was really happening, not what you learn in school, which is likely not what's really happening. Oh yeah. No question. No question about it. Yeah. And I was going to say, you know, even with PPE, there were so many people that didn't get PPE. Right. And so a girlfriend of mine, actually a financial advisor, and she sort of has this side hustle of doing that. She said, Hey, look, we're looking for some investors to support this company, you know, because they're going to be, they're going to survive. And so of course we looked at the spectrum and every, and the spectrus of everything and ended up investing 10,000 right when COVID started. And it's already been paid back and then some. So it's good. And those are little things, you know, that can be found too. And I think, you know, especially as real estate agents and loan officers, there's opportunities for crowdfunding of money, you know, to help someone who's buying a house that can't get traditional financing. You know, there's all kinds of partnerships, you know, there's all kinds of things that can be done out there. I, you know, I absolutely love it. I think, you know, and I mean, I'm, I hope that everybody gets your book because 
Yeah. Are you, do you have it in audio by the way? Yeah. Yeah. I have it in audible and, uh, you know, it's on PDF as well. So there are a lot of different ways people can get it. Yeah. I think it's powerful, you know, for people to be listening in and saying, you know what, I just can't do the daily grind, like money in, money out, money in, money out. We have to diversify. We have to put it someplace that it's working for us. So I would encourage everyone, you know, we're coming up to by the time this is released, well, it'll be released in the next couple of weeks or so, but we're coming up to what I call is halftime, right? The end of June. And when you go back in the locker room and you assess how you're doing for the year, you know, are we winning? Are we losing? What kind of changes do we need to make? Perfect time for you to grab all of your insurance, your health, your life insurance, your long-term health care, your short-term health care, your investments, look at your 401k, look at your mutual funds, look at all these things that you have everything in and say, is this moving in the way that I want it to move? And can I get more control over it? Right. Because you mentioned, you know, your business controls you instead of you controlling your business. Yeah, that's generally how it works. And I think you have to really guard your time and guard the people that you're in business with. And a lot of people just kind of go through life reacting, you know, putting out fires and taking care of problems versus spending the time to be intentional about what you really want. You know, inside my first commandment, which is lifestyle first, I've got this freedom vision that I have people write out and I have these cues to help them understand what is most valuable or important in their life. And it's really to map out how to be intentional, how to know what you're going after versus just going through life on autopilot. And I just think that there's so much more meaning when you can be purposeful and intentional with a life that you have a very compelling vision of the future for. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really good. Okay. So last question I have for you is what's the number one mistake that people make when they are presented with an opportunity and it looks good and they dive in and they're going to lose their money, right? I mean, because we get excited. First deal. Oh my gosh, this is exciting. I'm going to just do it. It's only 5,000. It's only 10,000. It's only 25,000, whatever you know, number is for everyone. It's like, I'm going to just give it a shot. What's the biggest mistake they make when they do that? I think the biggest mistake is seeing the returns before they actually happen. So a lot of people see the numbers and they say, oh, this is going to be a 19% IRR. And they see the dollars coming in versus evaluating the deal. Mm -hmm. And my main attorney says, you look at every deal and look at it as it won't work and then try to prove that it will. And if you can't, you don't do it. But don't do it the opposite way. Don't look at it as, this deal's great. Let me try and disprove it because then you have an emotional bias. And then I also think you should put it around other people who are smart that can pick it apart. And if they can't pick it apart, then maybe it's a good deal. But I like floating deals. I've got a deal right now that it's in the oil and gas industry. And I don't do a lot in that space. So I have floated it by all of my oil and gas people, but it's potentially could be a, a really big opportunity. And so I'm getting their insight and their feedback and questions they'd ask. And I'm having them pick this thing apart. Yeah. Like a uh, debunk group, right? A debunking group. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I do that with my son. I send something over that sounds really good. And within three seconds, he's back to me. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Dang it. I wish I would have known. You know what I mean? I didn't put money into it, but you know, it's just, he's very good at being able to do that. And I trust him. And, but I love that you're saying, don't just trust one person. I should be looking at other people too. Yeah. And most deals are leaning towards whoever is presenting it to you. So, you know, one of my commandments is, and one of my philosophies is be sure to negotiate every deal and negotiate the terms so that they are 
in your favor. You know, people want a certain amount of money, but that gives you the ability to kind of work on terms and find something in the middle that works for all parties. A negotiation doesn't have to be adversarial. It all it has to be is win-win. And whatever's presented to you is already a win to the seller or the person that's sharing it. So you should feel comfortable tweaking it so that it can also be a win for you. The goal is that it works out and it's not lopsided. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. That is a huge aha. If you're listening, rewind that and listen to that again, because that's a huge, huge, important part of this. Yeah. As we tend, especially in this realm, when you're being introduced with a, you know, spectrus for, maybe I'm using the wrong word. I call it spectrus or spectrum, whatever. But when you're being introduced and they send you all the information, I don't ever think, oh, it's one-sided and they're presenting in its best light. I need to find the darkness, right? I just take it at face value. So I think that's super, super powerful. So thank you so much for that. I absolutely love that. All right. So how do we get a hold of you? How do we obviously read the book, get the audio, do the PDF, whatever it is, take the classes, right? Or not the classes, but the uh, the little the questionnaires that you have in there and the exercises. But how else do we get a hold of you if we want more information to be able to get closer to you and open up doors with you? Sure. Yeah. So there are a few ways. So if you want to get the book, you can certainly do that through Amazon. You can go to my website, go to lifestyleinvestor.com and uh, you can get it that way. And I do a free plus shipping. So for any of your listeners, I'll, I'll give it to them for free. They just have to pay the shipping to get it there. And all the proceeds of my book go to a charity called Love Justice International, which is set up to stop human trafficking. Awesome. And this is, we're talking about kids here. They're yeah. being trafficked all over the world. So this organization has uh, locations in 17 countries around the world and does great work. So everything goes towards that. And I'm proud to be partnered with them. And then the other products that I have, you can find at justindonald.com. So I have mm-hmm. an online course. I've got a master class. I've got a mastermind. And I've got private coaching and I currently am uh, full on private coaching, but there is a wait list that someone could apply to. Yep. And, uh, the mastermind has an application. All the details are there, but it's really appeals to a certain type of person. It is a, a right fit type of organization and tribe. So for most people, it probably won't be a fit, but uh, we work with some really fun, really interesting business professionals, investors, entrepreneurs. So, and also my 10 commandments are available on my website as well. If you just want a PDF of it, or if you want to join the mailing list. That's awesome. Yeah, that's beautiful. Okay. What would you like to leave us with today? Well, I'd love to say what I say on my podcast, which is take some form of action today. Yes. The life that it is that you want to live and take one step towards that life, financial independence, financial freedom, buying one asset to move you in that direction or doing one lunch with someone that's doing it or reading one book or whatever it is, but it's taking a step and moving in the direction of financial freedom and the life that you desire to live. I love that. Absolutely. Stop talking, take action, get results. That's the bottom line. (laughs) I don't talk about it, get it going. So thank you so much for joining us today, Justin. I really appreciate it. I know I got ahas from this. I am so excited. I'm so glad that I'm dabbling in it, but I want to figure out a way to not dabble. I want to go deep in, in one area, you know, rather than dabbling. And I think that that's going to make a big difference. So that was my takeaway and my aha. So thank you so much for sharing that with us. And and it's been a pleasure getting to know you. Well, thank you. It's been so much fun on my end as well. And for those that really do want to go jump in with both feet, in my book, I list my 10 commandments. I list an example of an investment. I did at least one in each of the 10 commandments. And I give enough information that people can literally just copy it. 
and mimic exactly what I've done. So for anyone that really wants to go all in, the framework is there. And all you have to do is make the decision to do it. And most of these, if you, you know, circle around people that are in the investment space, they can help you find these types of deals. Love it. Love it. Thank you again so much for joining us today, Justin. I sure appreciate it. And I just want to remind everybody, please give us a great review and give us a great rating on Apple Podcasts or whatever you're watching that, you know, watching and listening. We're syndicated in 18 different places. So I'm sure you'll have a place that you can write a review. We'd appreciate that. And as always, thank you so much for taking time from your day to listen into this podcast. And oh, one last thing I want to let you know about is we're doing another mastermind panel in this podcast in May, June, or July. So please let me know. Send me an email at jen at jenduplessis.com. Let me know that you'd like to be on the panel and you'll be featured here on the podcast as part of our mastermind, a true mastermind. And we'll catch you next time on Mortgage Lending Mastery. Thanks for listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Be sure to subscribe to hear more sales tips, ideas, strategies, and tactics to help you with your personal and professional growth to multiply your results in record time. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Wanting more beyond the podcast? Join our Mortgage Lending Mastery membership community where you will find extended interviews with our favorite guests, weekly training, tips, and insider secrets fireside chats with Jen, free content, meet, share, and collaborate with other members, and so much more. Click the link in the show notes to learn more about this exclusive content. Mortgage Lending Mastery is an industry syndicate charter podcast. Industry Syndicate is the first podcast network specifically for the mortgage and real estate industries. Get the Industry Syndicate app in the App Store or Google Play today. Hi there, it's Jen Duplessis. How are you? Okay, so I know I've mentioned this several times on the podcast, but I want to make sure that we got it again. We are offering the opportunity to do live coaching with me in a panel setting as part of the podcast. So if you are interested or you have a challenge, you have a a struggle that you have, you want to grow your team, but you're just not sure how to do it, or you just have some basic questions about your business, I would love to have the opportunity to coach you as part of one of our episodes of Mortgage Lending Mastery. I'm really excited for this opportunity. Now, we already have some people that have signed up, so there's a waiting list, but get yourself on the list. Get yourself on the oppor- on the list to have that opportunity to be a market influencer. And listen, I've mentioned this several times before. When you're vulnerable, it's attractive. When you are willing to go out and say, hey, I have a struggle and I need some help. And the bottom line is, if you want the help, then get it. It's an offer I'm making to everybody. So, but that vulnerability isn't that you don't want your loan, your real estate agents to hear about it, or you don't want your loan officers, you know, that, oh, I've got this myself and being strong. It's actually a defense mechanism and it's not attractive. What makes people attractive is when they're very vulnerable saying, I have a problem. I need help. Can you all help me? And the best part about it is when it's all said and done, you're going to get the help that you need to move your business forward. So I'm going to encourage you again to send an email to support at kineticsparkconsulting.com. And we'll have that link down here in the show notes as well. Send an email to support at kineticsparkconsulting.com and we'll get you on that waiting list and get you into a panel of no more than three people. I probably won't do two people, but I need three, but not four. And we'll use that time in a podcast to answer your questions and get some on-the-spot coaching. So I look forward to having that opportunity to help you out 
And if that's if you feel it's relevant for you, then get yourself on this. We're going to be doing it all year long. So I'm really excited about this opportunity and hope that you want to take advantage of it as well. So I'll talk to you soon.